Ladies and gentlemen, guys, gals, and other pals, welcome back to another episode of Shadow Running on Empty, where we're going to fill your brain tanks with some sweet, sweet lore juice. Mmm, that sounded better in my head. Anyway, we were in the land of the rising sun in our previous episode, so it's time to rise up, sun. And first up, <laughs> rising on up with this perfect analogy, Austin, how's it going? Uh, good. I'm I'm gonna I think I'm gonna Great. keep it simple on this one. You know, what? we're just uh we're good. Yeah. Oh man. <laughs> it's a good night. Oh, you know, I'd rather you're good. Yeah, yeah, that's good. We're relaxing, we're enjoying, and we're getting some more fun knowledge from the lore master himself. Easy mode. How you doing tonight? Uh, yeah, I'm doing pretty good. Lore master, that's a that's a lofty title. Do you prefer uh, lore daddy? Uh, no i i don't i don't think that mm. that fits very well um lore person in training i i don't know I, ain't no training <laughs> you're bringing us all the lore you can't be in training anymore exactly this ain't training son that's fair that's fair well like you said we were in the land of the rising sun and uh now we're jumping across the bay a little bit and for this evening, we're going to open the doors to Wuxing Incorporated. I know a lot of people will be like, why are we going from a number one to a number six in the corporate rankings? Well, they're close by one another, and Wuxing still is pretty big player, uh, and especially coming off the heels of talking about MCT it's nice to hear from their competition. It makes sense. Checks out. And remind me again, Wuxing is located where? The grand city of Hong Kong. Ah. And, uh, you know, good news there. Uh, Hong Kong is a free enterprise enclave. Which is? Uh, it's no. It's not under the yoke of the Chinese government. Of course, China has quite the breakup in the sixth world. China is no longer united, fractured into many smaller pieces. The Chinese Communist Party messes up towards the end of, well, towards the end of the fifth world before the awakening uh, and lets too much free thinking happen. And because of that, you have a bunch of different city-states that now break off and form their own little special economic zones in China. And Hong Kong was one of these places back in 2015. Hong Kong becomes the free enterprise enclave after China finally succumbed to the combined pressures of local corporations and foreign diplomats, granting the city its independence. Wait, like freedom for Hong Kong? Yeah, freedom for Hong Kong. You know, what they're, what they're really fighting for right now? Just keep at it. You'll eventually win. Keep your head up. Yeah, how else are we going to ban more Hearthstone players? Oh! Dang. Dang, we're sorry. We, we messed up. Okay, I had to look up Freedom for Hong Kong. Not going to get into it, but I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> the the dark mirror of Shadowrun reflects yet again. Once more onto the comparisons. 
So Hong Kong becoming free and getting its independence was in no small part thanks to one Wu Quan Li, who is the head of a small but rapidly growing shipping and finance conglomerate known as Wu Jing. Any relation to the name? Uh, yes, this is the mega corporation before it's a mega corporation. Oh, but I, I mean, like, is it Wu, like Wu as in Wu Jing? Like, is it a family name kind of thing? Like, do we know where the name comes from? It could be from the family name since it is Wu, uh, because it is a family traded business as time progresses. Although to the exact origins of the name. They were a mega core before it was cool. <laughs> well, they were a importing exporting business in mainland China. And Wu Jing is the brainchild of Wu Quan Li. So I would assume that Wu Jing comes from the Wu family. More than you know. The more you know. And there goes the little rainbow. <laughs> <laughs> do you think the awakened rainbow has like different colors like more colors in it i don't know once again asking the hard-hitting questions like, asking the hard question <laughs> are rainbows different are, are rainbows sentient what does magic do to rainbows <laughs> i you know honestly i do want to know that sometimes so you know if you know drop a comment let us know hit us up <laughs> let us know so after their significant victory in gaining independence, the corporate heavy hitters in Hong Kong wasted no time in building monuments to their own glory. We did it. We got independence. After heavy consultation with the best geomancers available, Wu constructed what becomes wildly widely recognized as the worldwide headquarters of Wu Jing, the Aberdeen Sky Tower. It's a pretty dope name. It is a pretty dope name. At the time, many people thought that the location of the Sky Tower was awkward due to its remoteness from the city center. Wu Jing continues its significant rise and gains all the way into the late 20th 20s even being able to weather the crash of 29 the founder wu kuan li dies in late 2039 peacefully at the age of 71 it's a very rare fate in shadow run to die of old age it feels like <laughs> well when you're in the shadows it's definitely very rare for you to die of old age <laughs> the wujing corporation continues to venerate his ancestor spirit to this present day. The next big CEO to fill the shoes is his son, Wu Long Wei, who vowed to continue his father's vision. And he began work on building a united corporate alliance against the growing hostile influences of the Japana Corps. He also continued solid business practices such as diversification and sensible expansion, building the company up to a solid double A multinational within six years. So that takes us to 2044. After this amazing growth, 
things kind of plateau for the company. The Japanacorps took note of this Chinese corporation and put forth serious effort and impediments to their growth. And because of this, Wujing plateaus for a while and drops out of the spotlight. This all changes for Wujing, though, in the 2050s. Namely, 2057, when a certain president-elect dragon is assassinated. Hmm. Nope, nothing comes to mind. <laughs> Once Dunkelzahn is assassinated and his will is released, the mega corporation of Wujing is surprised to be named in the will three times. They are granted three things from Dunkelzahn's will, and all three of these things help catapult them back into the competitive mega corporation market. The least significant of what they receive from Dunkelzahn's will is 200 million new yen given, quote, to per our previous agreement. To this day, no one knows exactly what that previous agreement was. But all of that money is immediately dumped into Wu Jing's magical research division. That would be WMD. Huh? Uh-oh. Huh? Uh-oh. Uh-oh. I see, I see, I see. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. <laughs> I'm, I'm just keeping you up to date with your acronyms, Austin. Awaken noobs. It's always appreciated. I, I try. I really try. Oh, God, I forgot about the acronym salad. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. The Wait. second... What's up? Uh, uh, so the one that got named in the will, that's the founder or the son? Oh, uh, this is to Wujing Corporation. Oh, the corporation in general. Yeah, the corporation in general gets 200 million new yen per their previous agreement with Dunkelzahn, whatever that was. And, and that agreement hmm. could have been made by Wu Quan Li before the dragon's death. And no one is exactly sure what the original agreement was, but 200 million new yen. Except you, Easy. Because you hold all the lore in your hands. I do hold a lot of lore in my hands, but I don't even have the direct deal of what this agreement was. I assume that it has something to do with their ley line research, but I can't 100% confirm that. And I did look, too. Right. Okay, thought experiment. What do you guys think would be worth that much money from Dunkelzahn's agreement? That is a good question. I have one that's, it's not what I would I would like, uh, but one of them weird outlandish, like far off ones could be because I'm secretly a uh, Dunkelzahn denier, <laughs> uh, could be payment for assassinating one of their leaders or something like that. I don't know, with dragon powers. Dragon snipers. Dragon snipers. <laughs> Dunkle's on the greatest assassin that no one knew because he was so nice. <laughs> Just trying to paint Dunkle's on as a bad guy. Wake up. Wow. No one's that good. No one in Shadowrun. No one's a hero. Well, there are two other items that were bequeathed to Wu Jing from Dunkelzahn's will. 
And these other two items are actually uh, what turned more eyes towards Wu Jing as they are of far more significance than just 200 million new yen. Is that like a paltry sum? Compared to these two items, it could technically be. Uh, the second item that is bequeathed to them is the third coin of luck. You said the third? The third coin of luck. Have we discussed coins one and two? We have not. Mm. The third coin of luck is uh, known through legend to be called the fertility coin. And this coin was gifted to Sharon Chang Wu, the wife of Wu Lang Wei. Now, it's said that since it's the fertility coin, that this could help bring growth and fertility to all things, which could help explain the exponential growth that the mega corporation experiences and the birth of the Wu's quintuplets in 2060. <laughs> That'll do it. <laughs> Dragon's like, you need some airs here. Use this. <laughs> <laughs> Next time, don't leave it to one kid. Think of the catastrophes. When in doubt, use magical coins. <laughs> Magic prego coins. Okay. But how was the land? Like, did it apply financially, population-wise, and, like, the lands from which the coin inhabited it? Mm, it didn't necessarily benefit the surrounding area but benefited the corporation with sound business deals and practices, uh, solid acquisitions and growth in corporate revenue, and then, of course, the birth of the quintuplets. So it was representing fertility in the growth of the business and the fertility of Shan Chang Wu. So it's like localized. Okay. Yeah. And then finally, the third gift that was mentioned in Dunkle Zon's will is an artifact known as the Jade Dragon of Wind and Fire. Go on. The Jade Dragon of Wind and Fire is a statue of three koi fish leaping into the air, carved of jade. It has Where's been the wind and fire part. It has been identified as a focus of some sort though no one knows of the exact details. It is widely believed to be used by the Wuxing Corporation to focus and magnify the dragon lines of the area through geomantic magic. Remember, we talked about dragon lines back in the magic episode. Very powerful stuff. Yes, dragon lines were very powerful. Powerful magic. And, and this is called the what down? The Jade Dragon? It's called the Jade Dragon of Wind and Fire. Cool. I expected dragons. Did not expect koi fish. Well, yeah. In mythology, uh, koi fish are linked to dragons. Oh, the that's, more you know. That's where Gyarados comes from, bro. My yeah. Ma Magic carp into Gyarados. My God. Uh, you splash attack. <laughs> corp, corp. <laughs> um. But yeah, it's the the koi fish swims up a up a waterfall, and when it reaches the top of the waterfall, it transforms into a dragon. Oh, correct! My, my twenty nine year old mind is 
unraveling at this realization. That is insane. You never heard that story before? It's like an ancient proverb. Well, it wasn't no proverb where I come from, son. Uh, But also, like, I just, I didn't know about that for how that connects to Pokemon. Oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah. Also, um, the, so, as I'm sure everybody knows. Yeah, obviously. (laughs) uh, The the main character of the Yakuza franchise, Kazuma Kiryu, has a dragon tattoo for his Yakuza back tattoo. And his best friend who uh was also his rival coming up in the yakuza is uh nishikiyama and his back tattoo is a koi fish so they have the duality of the koi fish and the dragon whoa it's cool stuff you'll start to more you'll you'll, now that you know about this you'll start to uh see a lot of it quite frequently (laughs) (laughs) yeah Yeah. once you once you are told about it you'll notice it more frequently in things it's it's pretty obvious this is weird reverse engineering but i i tend to think hot take i tend to think dragons are kind of overrated in fiction but now that i know they're in lore depending on where you come from it's like related to a fish that just adds to the coolness of it well, that's that. That is a hot take. A lot of people do like dragons, but I think uh, the other thing with that, and this is still on tangent here, is so many people are used to the um, the Western dragons. form of dragons yeah. and Westernized dragon ideals, where you think of a dragon as this large lizard with wings that breathes fire and sits on his bounty of gold. And when you go into the the Eastern mythology and Eastern culture, it's not it's not that's not it's not the same. You you can't one for one port them over. the The dragons are far more fluid, I would say, in Eastern culture. They're more snake like than they are giant lizard, and they also generally deal with some form of element as well. Oh, that's more of an Eastern dragon thing. Yeah, and it's a lot more about balance. Lore within lore within lore. That's why you listen to this podcast. <laughs> it's what you come for. You come for all the different lores. Come for the lore. Stay for the weird <laughs> tangents. And then, of course, that again can be different for the uh, the Central American type dragons with the feathered serpents. That's a that's a whole different type of story as well. But in most mythology, when you think dragons and you ask the average person to describe what they would think a dragon would look like, you're going to most likely get a Western dragon just because it's been in a lot of our media, you know, especially growing up. You think of uh, one of the most memorable tales is from childhood with Sleeping Beauty, where the witch turns into a large dragon that the hero knight has to overcome, you know? Yeah, now that I think about it, Ryumio is an Eastern dragon, I'm assuming. Yes. It, okay. And then, okay. But Dunkelzon is like more of a Western dragon. Dunkelzon is a Western dragon. Okay. In my head, most of them, except Lofweir, were like Eastern dragons. I don't know. Oh, uh, no, no. There's a good mix in the sixth world. Dragon diversity. <laughs> Diversifying our dragons. Uh-huh. All right. Well, after getting these two massive artifacts and this huge influx of cash, you would think that the rest of the Mega Corps would be at Wu Jing's throat to try and topple them. This is not the case at all. And what saves Wu Jing from 
facing this kind of heat from the other corporations was the fact that so much was going on at this time in 2050 and the late 2050s with the dragon's will that it was very hard to keep track of it. So it wasn't all released at one time. It was released over a series of months after Dunkelzon died. So to keep track of everything that was happening was very difficult. And plus the turmoil of the death of the president-elect Dunkelzon, that's going to throw a lot of things out of whack as well. So that is why Wu Jing is able to have these things acquired and then skate by unnoticed, kind of lost in the mist. But after they receive these artifacts, everything starts coming up aces for Wu Jing. Every move they make turns out perfect. They move stock just at the peak price, acquired businesses for bargain deals, made major breakthroughs in research and development, released a brand new product just in time for it to take off in the market. And every risky research project turned out with a major breakthrough. So within a year, this AA corporation, Wu Jing, gains a seat on the corporate court and becomes full-fledged AAA. Welcome to the big leagues. Yes. Uh, because of this, Wu Jing uses their considerable financial resources to found their new business venture, which is creating the Pacific Rim financial group, the one that starts to put pressure on the Japanicorps. And that comes even more to their luck when Yamatetsu pulls out of Japan and joins Wu Jing for the Pacific Prosperity Group. Things peak for the corporation in 2061. This is the same year, remember, that Haley's Comet comes back and creates all kinds of phenomenon all over the world. This is when the quintuplets are born. Oh, okay. I was going to say during the most uneventful year in Shadowrun. Nope, 2061, the most eventful year. <laughs> uh, all, all of the quintuplets are girls. Uh, the magical energies sufficed into the Wujing Sky Tower also seem to hit their peak in 2061, with the entire building becoming an astral shallow. With Hoda Hoda? An astral shallow with astral space becoming visible to the mundane in the immediate area. What is that like? Uh... I would imagine it's like abstract concept to me. I would imagine it would be like seeing the the northern lights, but coming from around a building, not not, not up in the sky, just yes. emanating around this structure. I can dig that vibe. Yeah, it would be it would be really weird. Cool. And you said, wait, so is the astral sea astral space? Remind me again. What was the term you used? Uh, it's called an astral shallow. Astral it's, shallow. It's where the uh the mana has accumulated so much that it's visible to the naked eye oh okay okay it's like condensed particles yeah which is why magic. I, yeah which is why i would i would think that it would be something like seeing the northern lights but emanating from a building okay i was wondering if this was because if you look into the astral and space don't you go like insane 
Well, yeah, because there there's no manosphere in the void of space. Uh, okay, so lack of a manosphere, but the, okay, that's all mana. So yes. You, okay. Sadly, uh, 2061 seems to be when the magic runs out, so to speak. Crash 2.0 hits. This is where we have the next Matrix crash. A lot of corporations started to go under. And of course, not to waste an opportunity, Wu Jing tries to take over many of their, their allies that were floundering. The most significant is the them taking the Malaysian Independent Bank. That's a corporation? Well, technically, yes. It's a, a banking corporation. This rubs one of their allies in the Pacific Prosperity Group the wrong way. Uh, this upsets Yamatetsu Corp, who has now changed their name to Evo Corp. Because they're getting too much power? Uh, or the decisions that they're making are are not in line with uh, elevating the whole rest of the group as a, uh, aside from elevating Wujing itself. Oh, right. For the people, not for the individual. Mm-hmm. Uh, the next major upheaval that Wu Jing commits that again rubs the PPG the wrong way is their approval of as technology to join the PPG. This is where you start to see the cracks in the business, strained relations with its former allies for these wild business practices. And then the continued competition from the Japanese corporations not letting up. When knowledge of the CFD virus finally got to the public and the blame landed on Evo, that was the last straw in the increasingly fragile friendship. For good PR sake, Wu Jing cut all business ties with Evo and publicly condemns their action. Peter's gonna hate, dude. That's all I'm <laughs> taking away from all this. Uh, because of this, the PPG group now mostly is just in name only. There's not much cooperation or assistance between the corporations that are involved. And of course, as technology has not contributed much at all, other than giving Wu Jing a couple shipping contracts. The next big milestone for Wu Jing is Wu Lung Wei steps down as CEO because of health reasons and is replaced mm. by none other than his wife, Sharon Chang Wu. Not suspicious. No, of course not. So that is the current CEO up to the current timeline. Oh, okay. So she so is she, the one running oh. the show. And how long has she been doing this? Uh, well, she takes over in the late 2060s. So uh, by the time 6th edition rolls around, we're in the 2080. So I'd say oh. from 67 on. Solid rain. It's good to be at the top. So Wu Jing's subsidiaries in the finance industry are almost too numerous to list, but a few notable ones include Wu Jing Financial Services, Prosperity Development Corporation, Warren Health Management, Fidelity Mutual Insurance Corporation, Morgan and Chase Corporation, and Malaysian Independent Bank. Basically, this means that Wu Jing provides every kind of financial service product you could think of. 
a lot of this uh, includes a lot of lending and financial agreements. Ah, uh, deals and loans where nothing can go wrong ever. Right. This basically sets up Wu Jing or one of its subsidiaries to be behind almost everything financially speaking. So if you're getting a loan or interested in getting a loan in the sixth world, there's a high probability chance that it's coming from Wu Jing. This is the basis of what their corporation built off of and how they got were able to have that meteoric rise in the 50s and 60s because financial products and services return high profits. You don't need big factories. There's no expensive energy cost, and it's easy to do it all over the globe. So with all that, you have to have the Financial Information Services Division, or FIS. Mm. Wu Jing has one of the best financial analysis, analysis divisions in all of the megacorps. It is backed by one of the most powerful matrix data warehouses ever. Their entire goal is to not miss a single detail and find ways to squeeze out the new yen that all other corporations overlook. They're great at following money trails, finding hidden ownerships through innumerable shell companies, and they are starting to be able to predict even small shifts in trends and ownership. This would allow this would allow Wu Jing to purchase, make purchases for phenomenal low costs because of their predictive algorithms that are developed in the FIS. The second largest operation that Wu Jing is involved in is shipping and logistics. Being based out of Hong Kong? I don't believe it. I know, right? Who would have thought? <laughs> This was the second area uh, that the cor original corporation of Wujing was built on. And just like the financial services, shipping has been a traditional stronghold of the company. The logo of the Wujing Worldwide Shipping has been one of the most recognizable brands on ships today. Originally thought that uh, Wujing's monopoly on shipping couldn't be contested. Wait. You said their their logo is one of the most recognizable on ships. Did you say what it is? Uh yeah, it's the the lotus flower that is the Wujing corporate logo. It looks so cool. <laughs> Are you looking at a picture of it right now? Yeah. <laughs> Just wanted to make sure for the mind picture for the audience. Yes, yes, it is it is a lotus flower. It's pretty. So they thought that their shipping corporation was unassailable because it had grown so big well it's the worst that could happen right the first hit comes in the collapse of the ppg oh no a lot of goods a lot of business was coming from shipping goods to the islands of the south pacific and taking raw materials to manufacturing centers on the mainland sending finished products to population centers etc and they got better rates being in the PPG because they were all in it together to try and overcome the Japanicorps in the Pacific Theater. Well, with it falling apart, it becomes more costly 
to do this shipping because the discounts aren't there. Bringing as technology into the PPG made things even worse. More corporations wanted to leave because it didn't see the necessity in bringing in as technology since it's on the other side of the Pacific. Or to trade. You guys are built on trade. Bigger, <laughs> more people. You would think that that's what they would want to do. I mean, I, I guess they want to like keep it <clears throat> within the populace. Well, keeping it within the immediate area, the Pacific is a very large ocean. And yeah. as technology is on the other side of it, the other thing that they have to contend with with the shipping corporation is pirate activity. Mm, okay, the juice might not be worth the squeeze if you're mm, mm -hmm. worried about pirates all the time. <laughs> and that'll do it. Despite increasing investment for protection, nobody has been able to make a serious dent in the pirate activities. Dang, how, how powerful are these pirates? They must be pretty well equipped. Yo, okay. I have a very one-track mind when it comes to this, but mm -hmm. I'm like... An awakened ship. Ah, didn't we talk about an awakened pirate ship back in the magic episode? I feel like yeah, we, we did. definitely did because okay. it's, it's a dream of mine. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Are you saying that that's why they have the edges because they have an awakened pirate ship made out of yeah, magical that, lumber yeah. from the rainforest? <laughs> I mean, that's an amazing sentence. Mm. Um, yeah, and I probably mentioned like the idea of it eating other ships, which is assuming it's an old school. Yeah. Ah, okay. That is the two major areas that Wujing excels in, the shipping and the financial world. And the shipping is seeing a slight downturn because of dealing with these new threats. But that's not all Wujing has to rely on. They have their good old consumer goods. Wujing has always had a large piece of the consumer goods pie in East Asia. And their acquisitions after Crash 2.0 made that position even more dominant. Wujing Consumer Goods Holdings run the gamut of products from foodstuffs, soft drinks, comlinks, personal electronics, fashion, and personal vehicles. In fact, Wujing Fiesta. Well, in fact, improving their position in the vehicle market has been a personal project of their new CEO, Sharon Chang Wu. Smart. She was able to... She turned and rebranded ESSY Motors into a profitable, if unspectacular, acquisition. <laughs> what does that mean? Spectacular? Unspectacular. Oh. So they're not flashy cars, but Apparently, they're affordable cars. Ah, there you go. That's what you need, right? Yeah, you can make a lot of them for cheaper. Exactly. Churn them out. It's like the smart cars. Ooh, wait. Okay. That's affordable? Sheesh. <laughs> Their near total dominance of the East Asian and South Pacific market led Wujing to expand aggressively into the west coast of North America, the Middle East, and Eastern Europe. Of course, expanding into Eastern Europe brings them into contention with one Seder Krupp. These two megacorps 
have clashed numerous times in the consumer goods and light manufacturing market. With Wuxing coming out on top, the one area that Wuxing has no expertise in is the software field. There's no computers or matrix access devices coming out of Wuxing. They just cannot compete with the Japanicorp in that particular market. Yeah, but who needs computers when you've got magic? Of course, that has not stopped them from cranking out the generic and affordable, quote, alternative devices. You know, like you normally see coming out of China. <laughs> that doesn't sound good. <laughs> yes, I'd like one Fairlight Excalibur deck, please. Oh, we've got the... We've got the OK Swashbuckler edition. Well, you got it. Good enough for me. <laughs> so you're saying that Wuxing owns Wish.com, is what you're telling me. Uh, when it comes to... Uh, generic and affordable electronics, yes. Okay. That are legit. Now, instead of wish.com, it's wujing.com. The way that they advertise these, of course, is (laughs) they advertise them to the consumer, giving them a low-cost alternative to the overpriced proprietary hardware provided by their Japanese rivals. Of course, you can expect these knockoff products to either break or fall apart or fall out of date quickly. But they're so affordable. Well, the ultra low price makes it super affordable. Just buy another one. Yeah! I don't care if it equals the same as if I bought the one premium item once. Yeah. What? It broke again? Ah, better replace it with another cheap version. It's so affordable. I'm saving so much money. He was not, in fact, saving any money. (laughs) He was losing so much money. (laughs) There's also the good old staple of chip manufacturing. It has always been a thing in Hong Kong, and it isn't going away. Wuxing has a solid lock on the chip manufacturing industry, and they ship them wherever they need to go in the world. Of course, they have not been effective in shutting down the stream of chips that end up as infamous BTLs on the black market. Sweet, sweet beetles. Mm, Yes. And now we're in an area where they excel... Magical goods and services. Wuxing is a strong contender in the market of magical goods. This includes harvesting raw telesma, materials, and components for the use in alchemy, rituals, or folk eye production. This is the area where Wuxing lets the other guys create the cheap alternative while they focus on quality magical goods so as long as the magical goods are good are top tier they don't really care about electronics or anything else at that point (laughs) Uh, probably not i would imagine the magical goods and services makes them more money because it's a niche market so you can have i mean higher prices for quality goods how many times did a Meijin have to go run errands and sinless to get those components? 
so yeah yeah. that that goes to show right yeah uh and with their highly integrated shipping and logistics services that allows wujing to move these highly sensitive and specialized goods to be delivered to customers around the globe in an efficient manner without spoiling the materials in the process don't tip the containers does seem pretty straightforward it does the second major branch of that division uh other than goods is the services division the wujing geomancers are second to none in what they do and are highly sought after of course their fee is ridiculous but if you really want the best, then the fee isn't really a question. Along with high-margin magical consulting work, Wujing also has brands that perform more standard magical services, including... Magic carpet cleaning, magic car wash, <laughs> magic McDonald's. Including spirit removal. Oh, you know, that's pretty standard. Uh, contracted research, education, training, and good old-fashioned magical security. Hey, whoa. In particular, their security companies offer very competitive packages on setting up wards and providing spirit summoning services. Just imagining filing paperwork for, like, some protection spirit. All right, you wanted the uh, high-grade wards, and we're going to go with level four spirits. Is that that the package that we're after here? Well, it appears you ordered the blue poltergeist, but we only have the red ones in stock, so it's going to cost you a little extra to get that one. Uh, Potential spinoff. There is a new hot commodity that is coming out of the Wujing Services branch, and that is the company's Awakened Protection Initiative which provides the services of trained awakened critters for security use. You can finally have a protection possum. You can finally have trained protection bandits. Oh my. Uh, we got to scrap all of the character concepts I had in mind. Um, Are you going to be uh, a Wujing ex-corporate uh, services mage that uh, you walk around with a little toy box that you spin and okay. have a bandit whoa, whoa. <laughs> okay stop that's amazing and oh my god and it's like a tanuki ah! okay. <laughs> that's right folks free character ideas on this podcast <laughs> this this of course is a field that wujing wants to put more resources into expanding because who doesn't want awakened sharks protecting your oh. shipping lanes? Take that magical pirate ship. It's <laughs> actually so cool. What magical critters division? Yeah. When you say that a lot, it's even cooler. I I guess that makes it even better. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely, man. Uh, Wu Jing also provides medical services. And you have to think with their magic division, you're also getting magical medical services as well. They have their hands into producing cyberware and bioware installation, cosmetic surgery, and rejuvenation treatments, magical healing, 
and of course, standard medical care. I know, super boring. <laughs> Give me the magic medicine. I want the magic healing. <laughs> uh, what ties the this division altogether, though, is a universal denial of nanotechnology and anything that could associate them with the PR disaster of the CFD. That's where the nanites went crazy and were making AI personalities that took over their host. Remember that debacle? Yeah, not a great look. No. So, of course, the company is trying to distance itself from anything nanotechnology related as far as possible which includes cutting ties with Evo, which weakens the PPG significantly, but by by the end of the 2060s, I mean, it's, it's pretty much dead anyway. Of note, among the medical services arm of Wujing is their ever-increasing presence in the market of armed medical response. Whew. Man, they are weaponizing all of the jobs. <laughs> Wujing response teams are well-trained and equipped, having a higher-than-average number of awakened on their teams. A so long... is, this, is this like a Doc Wagon situation? This is a competitor to Doc Wagon. Mm. Wujing has their own armed medical response initiative. Uh, they also have a long history and corporate culture of sensitivity to magic and its specialized needs, and that has allowed them to become more successful at serving awakened clients than their rivals. Their PR department for this has been touting the line of their extremely low incidence of magic loss due to critical injury when the Wujing response team is called in. So if you're a mage, maybe you want to look into a Wu Jing contract. They do seem like they have a lot of uh, you know different spots to fill. So they really do. They have very much diversified themselves. This armed medical response division from Wu Jing has pushed into the Eastern European market again, bringing them into direct competition with Seder Krupp. However. Even with coming into direct competition with Sederkrupp, Wujing is now toted as the second largest provider of armed magical response in Europe. It's all right. Sederkrupp are just a bunch of nerds. Wow. And only nerds like them. <laughs> oh, dare you. Pushes on my magical glasses. Picks up my magical textbook. I will not stand for this. I will sit down for it, though. So, should we talk about the new CEO, Sharon Chang Wu? I'm sure she's doing a fantastic job with no hidden Agenda? or agendas. Yeah, hmm. absolutely. Well, let's take a look. Sharon had always worked quietly behind the scenes to keep the company running. But as Wu Lungwei's actions became more desperate and erratic, she had to step in and fill the void. While Wu was looking for the literal magic fix that would easily eliminate all of Wu Jing's woes, remember, because of the gifts that were given, he relied heavily on magic 
to make Wujing profitable. So while he's doing that, Sharon worked to help the company with old-fashioned business sense. When Wujing lost a multi-million yuan shipping contract due to Wu's neglect, it was a major deal at a time when Wujing really needed that money. And significant enough that the CEO had to sign off on. Sharon had been the one working the long hours in the boardrooms to hammer out all the details of the deal, and all Wu needed to do was put his name to it. Easy. Well, he couldn't be bothered on his quest for the latest magical (laughs) knick-knack. The time limit expired, and the deal fell through. This was the point on a litany of neglect and mismanagement issues that had been building over the last few years, and Sharon took it to the board. And after a marathon meeting that supposedly took more than 30 hours, nope, the decision was made that Wu was out and Sharon was in. Physically, Sharon is short at about 1.55 meters with black hair kept short and businesslike. Her physique is fit and trim. Despite her slight frame and small size, Sharon marches around corporate offices like she's about to ram through the walls instead of going around them. Dang. She carries a presence in the boardroom that is more than enough to humble any executive who overlooks her because she is a woman. It reminds me of the uh, Orinishi scene from Kill Bill Volume 1. Mm, right? <laughs> <laughs> where she just runs across slices that guy's head off. I'm going to say this in English. Most of the time, Sharon has a soft and disarming tone used when negotiating and to avoid giving offense. When required, she fires up a tone and volume level that doesn't even seem possible for a small Asian woman, but it has been more than sufficient to bring any wayward employee back into line. How to get it done. Right? She has a very business-savvy mind. As Wujing has been attacked on all sides in its traditional business markets, being shipping and consumer goods, she knew that radical new strategies would be needed. So she brought on the right kind of people and let them do what is necessary to turn things around giving them a great deal of autonomy in how they do their job. She sets the high-level goals and lets them use whatever methods they feel will best achieve them. This also happens to give her full, plausible deniability if any of them get caught doing something illegal, which completely works to her benefit. Oh, I didn't know. Fires the guy. Replaced with somebody else. Gives them the same kind of autonomy that was enjoyed by the first one do whatever you have to do or what you deem is necessary to achieve this goal and go and then again if it doesn't work out hire rehire yep all without anything being stuck to her for any kind of negative publicity pretty savvy pretty smart pretty smart so what is happening with her husband, Wu. At one time, 
he was the architect of Wu Jing's greatest period of success. Now he has a very different role. He's a stripper. <laughs> I knew it. Uh, it's very hard to ascertain the exact time when he began to change. Some place it as early as the moment he received the Jade Dragon of Wind and Fire. Others place it later. But universally, there is no doubt that Wu changed over the last few years. He had always had an interest in ancient artifacts of arcane nature, and his business practices were often risky or out of the ordinary. But during the period of his transition, all of these aspects became heightened and intensified. Slowly, these traits began to take over the rest of his personality to the point of obsession. Uh -oh. More and more time was focused on his obsession, while less and less time was being given to the day-to-day -day essentials of running a mega corporation. Even though his wife did take over as CEO, Wu still had too many allies within the company to be completely removed. Instead, he was quote, reassign to an area more suited to his current interests. He was As said by him or the corporation? Probably the corporation. Mm. His uh, detractors stuck him in a division where they thought he wouldn't cause much trouble. Wu is now the head of a division simply labeled Special Acquisitions. In quotes, too. In quotes as well. Publicly, the division is responsible for acquiring assets of intrinsic value to the corporation in order to increase its overall net worth. In actuality, they have a healthy budget and access to a large variety of special and quasi-legal resources to go and get whatever Wu and his allies think may be useful. This has... Allegedly included Allegedly. magical artifacts, other companies, land, and people. That's just a weird position. It, it, you're trying to put him in some place where, okay, you can go collect your trinkets and baubles all the way over here. Just uh, stay out of everyone else's way. <laughs> Here's a shiny thing. Yeah, go collect your shinies. Nothing to see here. This was why... Uh, health conditions was in quotes when it was first mentioned that his wife would take over as CEO. The health condition is his obsessive nature over these <laughs> magical artifacts. You know, it's an addiction. Well, I can only think of one other character that has really shown an addiction to a magical artifact. Hmm. Uh, I think you know where I'm going with this. Mm -hmm. All of these are my precious. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, no. Does he live in a cave and talk to himself in the third person? <laughs> uh, it, don't, it doesn't say whether he talks to himself in the third person, but mm -hmm. he is kind of out of the way of everybody else. I would assume his uh, special acquisitions is in the basement. <laughs> Holy moly. Chatteron <laughs> yet again leaves it open to interpretation and now in my mind he's a basement dweller who screams out for the precious well one of the rumors that is going around is that he displays 
a talent or insight into magical affairs that a mundane would not or should not have. Forbidden truths. Wu has never admitted to a magical awakening, and anybody that has gotten close enough to examine him cannot see any sign of magical talent. Yet, he's still deeply obsessed with these magical artifacts. So he has an aptitude for it or an understanding that normal mundanes don't. He doesn't seem to have... But without like any magical background at all. Like, when a mage goes to sense his aura, it would come back that he has no magical talent. I can actually see that if he's taken away from the public eye, it's to protect him because he's essentially an asset at that point. And possibly like, probably want to snag him and like do experiments on him, I imagine. Maybe if it gets out that because uh, that's just the gossip. Right, right. But still, if it's proven, then yeah, he would be an asset to be acquired. There are other board members that are mentioned here and there. We don't need to get into the uh, the the intercorporate politics of Wu Jing. I I don't think, but they're there if you want to dive into them. Since a lot not, of corporate espionage. Well, know? not everybody in the corporation of Wu Jing is happy that Sharon took over as CEO, and so you have these other camps that kind of crop up within the corporation itself so you have feuding board members you know i guess uh one of them that is a big thorn in the side is this individual known as fu peng he has been on the board of wujing since its inception and he is a mysterious and enigmatic as he has ever been uh, despite best efforts and millions of new yen, there is precious little information about him. What is known for certain is he is a board member. He has attended every single board meeting for Wu Jing that has ever been held. Oh. And he owns approximately 15% of Wu Jing. Those are the known facts. And he's been in every single one since Wu Jing ever. Since its since inception. And he look like does he look like he's aging at all or uh it's hard to tell. Here okay. are the undisputed facts. Oh, those were the undisputed facts. Here are the 404 file not found facts. <laughs> Fu Pang has no place of residence, no accounts, no matrix presence, no death certificate, and no birth certificate that oh, can be conclusively no. tied to him. Oh, hell no. Despite the thousands of Fu Pangs that have been born in Hong Kong, referring to Fu Pang as, quote, him is a convention of convenience because no firm physical description of him can be made. What does that mean? <laughs> there are many reports of people who are certain they were talking to Fu Pang that vary dramatically in their description of the individual. Aside from the board meetings that he always unambiguously attends, his exact whereabouts and activities at any other point in time are in conflict. Any asset that has been tasked with 
following him either mysteriously loses track of him or have firmly in sight only to receive confirmed reports of Fu Pang appearing at other locations simultaneously. Hmm. Perfectly normal. While it's not uncommon for high-ranking corporate players to cloak their movements and use body doubles, Fu Pang has taken the cloak and dagger to an entirely new level. Yeah. That's so interesting. What are you up to, Fu Pang? What are you well, up to? Well, his exact whereabouts are unknown. What is known is the considerable power he has in the corporation. Most significantly, his close relationship with Wu Lung Wei and his opposition to Sharon Chang Wu. In general, Fu Pang has been a major driver in pushing a darker and more ruthless agenda for Wu Jing, which often clashes with Sharon Chang Wu and the more traditional direction that they wish to take Wu Jing. He has displayed what can be described as magical abilities, though his status as a magician is not confirmed. I am so curious about this character, dude. Whatever his nature, he has been invaluable in helping Wu Lung Wei acquire and understand magical artifacts. Many have observed and inferred that Fu Pang is the real driving force behind Wu's obsession in seeking magical artifacts, but his motivations for doing so are unknown. Oh my god. It's like it's like a Wu Jing Lafweir, dude. It's a Wu Jing somebody. How do we know it's not Lafweir? <laughs> some people have even speculated that Fu Pang could be a spirit or some other being. That tracks. Right? There are others that uh, believe that it could perhaps be an entire group of people that are assuming the identity of Fu Pang, but that doesn't necessarily track because of all of the biometric security that is in Wu Jing. Okay. Oh, so they're basically affirming it is one person. Yes. How could you be a group of people? You would have to share so many of the same biomarkers that you basically need to be clones, I guess. I mean, I guess that's not out of the oh, realm of possibility. My God. <laughs> and then, of course, there are the quintuplets of Wu, who were international celebrities from the moment they were born. Despite the best efforts of Sharon, the quintuplets have very much grown up in the public eye, being celebrities in Hong Kong and around the world. Uh, think of it almost, I hate to say it, but think of it almost like following the Kardashians. I hate to say it, but I was thinking about like Jay-Z's child. Uh-huh. Yeah, like something like that. As soon as they're born, they're just immediately in the public eye, no matter what you do. Yeah. And in the timeline towards the end of the 2070s, is they're fast becoming adults. They're 17 going into 18. And the gossip is, are they going to go to university? Oh, that's exhausting. <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, but of course, the, quint the quints are some of the most heavily guarded corporate celebrities in the world. There has been more than one attempt to kidnap them. I can't even imagine the kind of magical retribution you'd get out of trying to kidnap one of the top leading corporations when it comes to magic and defense. Right. 
Wujing security has spared no expense or trick to try to keep the girls safe, including multiple body doubles, false schedules, and highly discreet security assets, aka shadow runners. My dear. Uh, Wujing is uh, fully alert to being sold out from within the corporation because of the division amongst the board, and they are not above looking outside for security concerns. Again, aka Shadowrunners. Best alternative. The only alternative. Aside from the usual celebrity drivel around them, there are other rumors that claim that at least one of them is a magician. Yeah, I was actually wondering. It's it's Sharon. Yep. Like I was wondering if we ever went into Sharon's magical aptitude. She has no magical aptitude. Oh, but there's the rumor that one of her children does. Yes. Interesting. Though exactly which one changes from rumor to rumor, and that's probably on purpose. Absolutely. Uh, there are other rumors that have one of them actually being a technomancer, but that has not been proven at all. For now. Uh, they named the girls after the five essential elements of Earth. So the girls' names are Fo, Shue, Mok, Tao and gum. A lot of elemental affinity. I like that. Well, yeah, you have to think. Wu Jing is all about that feng shui, especially in their magic. So for their employees, when it comes to their employees, Wu Jing guides every citizen within the corporation to, pos- to the position that fits them in the corporate hierarchy based on their strengths and weaknesses. The corporation takes into account Chinese philosophy and mysticism in such considerations, such as where the subject stands to the forces that flow around them. Are you an air sign or a water sign? Oh, no. <laughs> I'm a water sign, water sign rising, actually. Oh, oh, well. You'll do great in the mailroom. <laughs> Damn right. Wait. <laughs> Wait a minute. Wait uh, a second. Wu Jing Incorporated, be, being a Chinese megacorp, is influenced by Confucianism, Taoism, and Buddhism, all of which have embraced magic and its reintegration into Chinese society. Within the corporation, magicians are very popular, though Wu Jing favors the Eastern Wu Jen and mages over shamans and more esoteric types. And have we, it's Wu Jen? Wu Jen. Wu Jen. Did yeah. we go over like what that is? You've just... never heard of a Wu Jen? I have not. Uh, Wu Jen are the arcane spellcasters of the Far East. As with wizards, their spells are their primary, you know, the primary thing about them. Mm-hmm. Uh, they... Is that different from a magician? Yes. Oh, really? Okay. A little bit. They're more elemental-based type spellcasters. Ah, as is the Eastern tradition. Yes. Yeah, many Wujen spells draw on the power of the five elements. Earth, fire, metal, water, and wood. You'll be happy to know that Wujing is also very meta-friendly. Love that for them. They hire all meta-types. Though the trolls and orcs don't usually end up as executives. Really? 
It's the appearance. Mm, rough. It's, it's a PR appearance thing, man. Dwarves and elves are found in all levels, but high-level executives are usually human. Orcs and trolls, for the most part, end up either in security or where their size and strength is an asset, so heavy construction. They'll be sent to the shipyards. Remember, Wujing, Wujing directs you to where you belong based on your assets. I mean, it sounds like there's some, like, relief there because they just assign you something but they they go off of like a particular type of testing for it or i imagine that there is some test aptitude testing involved in the employment process uh they will also probably have you undergo some kind of magical ceremony that you may not fully understand but somehow uh helps ascertain your balance within the company. Because again, this is the company that embodies feng shui. You'll also be happy to know that Wu Jing is an infected friendly megacorp and one of the few in the world. Ghouls need jobs too, man. Yeah, if you use magic or surgery to appear passably human, good for you. If not, then you're required to stay in areas built specifically for your kind. Dang. The appearance thing is really resounding. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, they also offer good employment for the infected in magical R&D and testing. You get hazard pay for participating in the lethal tests. <gasps> huh? Yeah. Any... Any uh, lethally, possibly hazardous test in the magical R&D department, if you want to sign up for it, you get hazard pay. Or that hazard pay may happen to extend to your next of kin. Oh. oh. Huh. <laughs> so, okay. what's this? I mean, do they go into the survivability of this? I know it's... Uh, they do versus. not. <laughs> I'm sure why. I'm sure those numbers are kept under wraps. What? They're not going to publicize it to the masses, right? Uh, Wu Zheng, unlike other mega corporations, does not have a freestanding army. I imagine that helps them come off low key or not as intimidating. Exactly. They use regular corporate security to protect their assets. In addition, they do have an elite division which handles security at the ports on their maritime assets. They have the Maritime Security Division, or MDS. Wouldn't it be MSD? No, they 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 did it MDS, Maritime Division Security. Oh, for some reason I thought it was Maritime Security Division. That's see again which makes sense. Jesus, it's presented as Maritime Security Division, but they also say MDS. I, I'm well, not that's exactly just sure why. Dumb. <laughs> but it's, it's interesting really... that they don't have a freestanding army, but they technically have a navy. Well, you know, again, ports and all that fun stuff like shipping lanes. Yeah, it's, it's, so remember it's they have reactive. pirate. They have pirate problems. Yeah, yeah, the ghost pirates Tyler talked about. The ghost the, the pirates. Awakened ghost pirates. <laughs> Watch out. And that makes sense too, because that, that's a lot more passable if you're trying to maintain a solid public eye. Mm -hmm. So that way 
you're like, oh, you know, we're just trying to defend ourselves here. We're not trying to kill anything or anybody. Or... Mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Self-defense. Uh, they do hire shadow runners like every other mega corporation, but for those extra sensitive, all important, too dirty to delegate to shadow runner jobs, they have their in-house black ops unit. And that does have a name. They are called Da Di Zhao. Otherwise, they have a translation? Uh, oh. Earth and Heaven. Oh, that's dope. Shoot. Do I like Wu Jing? Its specialty is urban environments, but they also train in other environments such as the Colombian jungle, the North Sea, and near Vladivostok, Russia. Remember who's in that area? One Evo Corporation. Hmm. Totally unrelated. Totally unrelated. Yes, yes. Don't no, never mind. Never mind what's behind that curtain. Nothing to see here. Nothing to see here. For all intents and purposes, Wu Jing and the Triads control the nation state of the Canton Confederation, where their headquarters are based. That is where Hong Kong is located. It is disputing ownership of the natural resources of the South China Sea with both Vietnam and Shiawase Corp. Wu Jing is connected to two different triad affiliations. Allegedly. Two major two major ones allegedly. <laughs> yeah. Wu Xing has connections to several triads which it supports and whom support it in turn. Uh, originally it was allied with the Yellow Lotus of Hong Kong, which had a worldwide reach. However, the Yellow Lotus were nearly annihilated by the Red Dragons. Is there any chance that the yellow lotus are descendants of the yellow turbans from the old uh, war, uh, Three Kingdoms? Three war Kingdoms? Three Kingdoms fact? <laughs> that, that is quite a throwback. I don't know a lot about Chinese mythology, but I know that every Dynasty Warrior game starts with, you with the, yellow the shit out of rebellion. the yellow turban rebellion. <laughs> 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 In the history of the romance of the Three Kingdoms, it mm. does all begin with the yellow turban rebellion. So yep. that part of, of Chinese history is actually true. I mean, mm-hmm. highly embellished by the Dynasty Warriors game. What? I don't think that's true. I've watched <laughs> yes, a lot of movies, uh, easy, and I'm yes. pretty sure that's real. Oh, do they normally you mean, uh, fire fireballs? <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, I'm, yeah. Uh, only once their super gauge is charged. Yeah, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> don't be silly. Uh, of course, what was I possibly thinking? Uh, it doesn't say for sure, but I would assume that the Yellow Lotus may be able to trace back to some remin- remnants of the Yellow Turbans. I'll take it. That that would be an actual history lesson that I'd have to dive into real life history to find out, <laughs> of which I did not do for, for this particular one. I apologize. <laughs> Uh, But the Yellow Lotus were nearly wiped out by the newly emerged Red Dragons. Remember, the Red Dragons are led by the Great Dragon Lung. I think he's an okay dragon. I feel like Great Dragon is like inflating his ego. (laughs) You'll have to to tell him that. Uh, From the destruction of the Yellow Lotus, a new uh, triad 
uh, is built off of the surviving members that call themselves the 10,000 Lions. Wow, what's with the cool names, man? Too many cool names. Mm-hmm. They have lots of cool names. Are there 10,000 surviving members? Is that I, don't, I don't think there are actually 10,000 surviving members. Oh, well. Sad, right? It sounds like it. But maybe the maybe collectively all of the surviving members own ten thousand pet lions, so maybe that's why it's called that. Or they're were lions. But we still are at a numbers disadvantage. That's the thing. We gotta find the ten thousand somewhere. They turn into lion amoebas and they make more lions. So it doesn't say for sure. It just says that the ten thousand lions are a young triad uh, that were formed in the last decade by a half Chinese half Filipino orc named Shan Chu interesting as recently as 2068 it was one of the many gangs which pledged loyalty to the Yellow Lotus so there you go after the destruction of the Yellow Lotus the 10,000 lions created a new triad formed out of the survivors of the destroyed Yellow Lotus gang. Mm. So there's your little bit of background on the 10,000. Gotcha. So they came from the members that were left after Yellow Lotus was destroyed. Yes, yes. Sometime recently, a change occurred in Wujing. The Megacorp no longer is in opposition against the Great Dragon Lung of the Red Dragon Association. They are now allies, Mm -hmm. working Mm -hmm. together to help advance each other's interests that may have been without an option from the Great Dragon. (laughs) It definitely couldn't have been because the last triad that they tried to create in opposition (laughs) to to Lung you know, was destroyed horribly. I'm sure that that had nothing to do with that decision. I always appreciate in situations like that where they were like, yeah, I don't know, man. They were just nice enough to let them join the organization. That's all there was to it. Simple as that. Mm-hmm. Not a big deal. And remember where we had discussed that Wu Jing had pushed into Eastern Europe? Mm. Well, in 2077 and 2078... Wu Jing helped the Red Dragons expand their criminal operations into the allied German states. I mean, they seem to be more efficient at expanding their their stuff than um, the Yaks were last episode when we were talking about them right? trying to get into locations. Uh, the Red Dragons, in turn, have been lending their small army of mercenaries called the 58th Battle Brigade to help provide security to Wu Zhen ships. What happened to the first 57? Uh, you know, it probably took 57 to get it just right. Mm. I can tell you a little bit about the 58th Battle Brigade. They are a light infantry force of two to three companies, numbering 160 to possibly 450 individuals who have become expert pillagers and scavengers. And whose method of waging war is shoot first, shoot often, and shoot them in the back if possible. Holy. <laughs> I mean, that just sounds efficient. I don't really see the issue here. Yeah, it does. Just pull the trigger all the time. Yeah. Preferably when they're running away. Yes, preferably or when they're running away. Yes, yes. It is led by General Zhang Chin. 
who apparently is an adept, and Colonel Zhang Mao, who is also an adept. Hey. The average soldier in this organization does not have any augmentation. They operate primarily in Southeast Asia, though they also have been deployed across the Pacific Rim. With, like, giant robots to fight kaiju and stuff? No, they don't have giant oh. robots to fight kaiju. Oh man. They're, the kaiju are not climbing out of the rift in the Pacific. Or are they? No. Oh, yeah, that's what Leviathan wants you to think. <laughs> Leviathan's keeping it all under wraps, okay? It's under control. Keeping it under the sea. Oh, boo. <laughs> under seaweed wraps. Uh, mm. I dig it. I guess to sum it up, the problems with Wu Zhen right now are the internal strife that you have in the boardroom between the different divisions, how their former CEO has been relegated to uh, a division that is his own personal play playground toy box. And how uh, Wujing in general is continuing with its heavy shipping and logistics around the world, but is also still very heavily into uh, manipulating the manosphere around itself through ley lines and geomancy. They had the strong acquisitions and growth from the late 2050s into the 2060s, which catapulted them into the AAA spotlight but since then they have just been slowly hemorrhaging i get with the times well it doesn't help that they destroyed their own prosperity group <laughs> over time and that has lessened the stranglehold on the japana corpse which they were contending with and so now you're seeing a rise once more of the Japana Corpse, which will eventually cause a large problem in the Pacific area. So I wouldn't be surprised if things continue on the way that they are, that you may see the fall of Wu Jing out of the uh, AAA status. They didn't need it anyways. I mean, they do have their finance clause everywhere in the world, so it could be a a fall that is not without terrible repercussions. What's that one guy's name? The guy who's been there in all the meetings? Uh Fu Peng. Fu Peng. That's when he comes comes out. <laughs> That's when his, his scheme is revealed. Not to uh steal a namesake from a, another video game, but he kind of reminds me of the Shadow Broker. Oh, for some reason, because the Gollum analogy, I saw him as that Grima Wormtongue. <laughs> but yours makes way more sense because he's a threat. Yes. <laughs> Mine yeah. makes way more sense because he's a threat. Yeah, we. Uh, and he could be manipulating the former CEO into these into this magical obsession. You have Remember. no power here, Uncle's on. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently not anymore. Hmm. So again, only time will tell what happens to this mega corporation. Uh, but uh, compared to the last one that we talked about, MCT, 
I don't see Wu Jing in a very powerful position going into the 2080s. I just always assume someone has some kind of master plan. What do you think Wu Jing's master plan is? To be the underdog or seen as such to continue their trait of being under the radar so that when the moment comes, they can show that they've they can been strike ahead the whole time. Yeah, yeah. Maybe. At least that's what I like to think. You know, uh, another um, another possibility that we didn't consider with Fu Pang is he could somehow be connected to Lung. Oh, snap. Oh. Yeah. Like they made, it, made a deal or something? Or he's a plant. Whoa. Spy. Yeah, that's been keeping an eye on the corporation. Just he's waiting. Up to something. Yeah. Lung is definitely up to something. Yeah. Yeah. And Fu Peng for that matter. Well, yeah, he's not happy with the current CEO, so maybe he's also whispering um, ideas on how to overthrow his wife to the original CEO to take everything back over. Oh, you think uh, uh, son CEO we're talking about, mm-hmm. he, you think he would be envious of that position or no. like want to gain it back? Uh, not as long as he's distracted by his trinkets. His shinies. I need my shinies. <laughs> and the other reason I bring Lung into it is Lung is interested in getting all four of the coins of luck. Which, again, we didn't go into the other three, I think. We know what those are. Uh, the four coins of luck are four Chinese relics supposedly given to humanity by the dragon kings of long ago. The The coins are named Lu, Shu, Fang, and Fu. They represent wealth, longevity, fertility, and happiness. Oh, okay. So like kind of the tenets of kind of the feng shui kind of idea yeah. according to legend they have the ability to grant those power the powers of their namesake to the bearers apparently dude yeah uh apparently they were part of dunkel zahn's vast estate and wealth as he gave them out as bequests in his will to various individuals the first coin of luck it was given to an old fisherman the second coin of luck went to the great dragon Lung. The third coin of luck went to Sharon Chang Wu. And the fourth coin of luck was within a piece of jade that had the Chinese character Fu happiness uh, carved into it. And it was unknowingly in the possession of Akira Kagiyama, which he found uh, amongst his mother's possessions after her death. And this is which coin? You, you said happiness? Yes. Interesting. So uh, apparently the current whereabouts of the fourth coin 
are in the possession of a shadow runner named Night Owl. And I'm assuming he's not retired then. He's still referred to as a shadow runner. Former shadow runner. Oh, former shadow runner. Okay. Uh-huh. Uh also known as Alma, also known as Cybergirl. Yo? Uh-huh. Is that like a vigilante? Uh, they were a shadow runner that was active in Vancouver in 2060s as Night Owl. Uh, they are one of New Horizons, quote, super kids. Ah, there it is. Genetically engineered superhumans that have been tailored for better compatibility with cyberware. They have split personality disorder. Oh, no. Due to experimental cyberware known as rem inducer they just need 15 minutes of sleep and after sleep after sleep they change personalities oh so instead of going in a phone booth coming out five seconds later they have to go in a phone booth and take a 15 minute nap yeah gotcha since they have the cyberware the rem inducer you go into rem sleep faster so you have to sleep less so that you can be active for you know, the normal amount of time or you could be active for longer without necessarily going insane. The drawback or the apparent side effect of this was they didn't go insane. They just created new personalities. Yeah, that's scary. And are they, are the other identities, their aliases? Could be. Interesting. But that is who is in possession of the fourth coin of luck. And Lung would desperately like to get his hands on all four. Good to have goals. So that also leads to the idea that he could have a plant inside the, the board, you know, biding their time until they can get their hands on the uh, coin of fertility. Just saying. Hmm. A coincidence? I think not. I don't know. And now Wu Jing is all friendly with, with Lung after a time. So who's to say what the Great Dragon has planned for this mega corporation? Step closer to the precious. <laughs> closer. Probably sandwiches. That would be my guess. <laughs> what kind of sandwiches, though? Revenge sandwiches. <laughs> <laughs> ah, the sandwiches that are best served cold. I was going to go with the revenge best served cold cuts. Oh, wow. I, I don't know. <laughs> revenge best served cold cuts. Okay. Try our, uh, try our additional uh, spiked cherry lemonade. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dude, I want a sandwich shop. Because all of the things are just based on revenge. Getting revenge on your enemies. That's the motif for them. So like vengeance, victory, punch. Or retribution, raspberry lemonade. Are you going to run it like a subway, except that all of the uh, cutting utensils are like butcher knives? (laughs) They violently cut your sandwich in front of you. Yeah, and and whenever they do their... You know, like Coldstone, they have to sing and dance or whatever. Uh-huh. Instead, 
the people at the sandwich shop, they have to cut the bread as if it killed their family. <laughs> I must recite my revenge mantra. Uh, I've been waiting for this moment. Did you want a six inch or 12 inch? <laughs> when they toast the bread, it's not through a toasting machine. They just go in the back and come out with a flamethrower. Uh, they're like, burn, motherfucker, bird. <laughs> That's my head cannon. See, this is where my head goes on the show. Austin, would you would you eat at this sub shop? I mean, I'm not really a sandwich guy to begin with, and like you know, the threat of bodily harm just to have lunch seems high. Oh, at this they're place, not going to harm you. So... They're professionals. You say that professionals. <laughs> One of them, their eyes just twitching constantly, <laughs> having worked there for five years. <laughs> I should also mention uh fully manned by uh criminals. <laughs> oh, it's a criminal outreach program too. Yeah, 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 you know. Also get out their frustration while making delicious sandwiches. Can't possibly go wrong, especially with their twitchy cyberware. Meatball murder marinara, you know. <laughs> I'm I want a sandwich now, guys. I just have this delicious lore to share. Yum yum yum. Mm, yes. Filling and nutritious. <laughs> yes of course you know what else is filling oh. and nutritious oh. What's coming that? coming over to our discord to join us in discussions about all of this lore and shatter runny goodness all that you can get your hands on you can come join the discord or if you want to even take it a step further you could subscribe to that sweet, sweet Patreon. All you got to do is go to patreon.com slash critical underscore hits. Five new yen a month gets you all the bells and whistles that are applied. You get shouted out at the end of our sinless episodes, by the which that might be coming back pretty soon. Or by the time of the release of this podcast, maybe it'll already be out. Who knows? Time's weird. <laughs> Time is weird. Time is a construct. But not only that, with your five new yen, you'll also be able to submit questions to us for our future Worm Talk episodes, which we are gearing up to do our next one here pretty soon. And if you aren't a patron, then you sadly will not be able to hear our responses. And you guys, I know you want to hear our responses. You clearly enjoy all of our tangents that we happen to go on. We don't want you to miss out. This is quality entertainment. If you think it's deranged now, imagine when we don't have like a lore structure and we're just like, hey, let's talk about these weird questions. These beautiful, weird questions. Beautiful listener provided weird questions. Exactly. Mm -hmm. You can't go wrong there. That is about all I have for you about the mystical company that is Wu Jing. What do you guys think? Mysterious. Spooky. Pretty cool. Not not too shabby, you know. It's interesting because we haven't really I don't think we have at least dealt with many mega corps that have as much investment into magic. No. Because it, it kind of feels like every other mega corp is just like logic and money. <laughs> logic. Technology. Technology. technology yeah. Computers. Yeah, and Wu Jing's kind of like logic, but magic? Mysticism? <laughs> uh? Uh? 
show me your zodiac sign and we'll put you in the right corporate office. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, unless you're an orc or a troll and then kindly sign these papers right here saying that you're okay working security. You're done. Tyler, what's your your zodiac sign? Uh, For real? Mm Mm-hmm. Like Chinese zodiac or oh any I'll take any any uh, sign I am a Gemini year of the rooster hmm mm-hmm. huh you know Gemini's love the mailroom I'm told you know we like to match things and nothing is more matching <laughs> than the postal service you saying the, I'm an orc because <laughs> sy- I'm all the for sy- it. the system works is all I'm saying <laughs> I'm gonna cosplay as a, a troll mailman austin what's yours um i think i'm a capricorn um year of the ram Ah, uh management material is in the works for you or year of the goat i guess whichever you go with i guess it's technically the goat you could tell us in reviews of the podcast or on Patreon, tell us what's your year. What is your year? And we'll try and direct you to the best fit in the Wuxing Corporation that that provides. I what apparently is... am. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm an Aquarius mm-hmm. in the uh, Chinese zodiac. I am an. I am in year of the ox. Mm. And oh, getting even more specific since I just Whoa. Googled it right here. Apparently, I am in the wood ox camp. Oh. There's sub? Yes, there's elements. Yeah, the, elements are attached. Oh, son of a biscuit. Yeah, I think it's depending <laughs> on which of the specific years you're born in. Yes. Under the Chinese zodiac, you also have an elemental attachment as yep. well. Oh, you're checking right now aren't you yeah how do i find this hold on Uh, so uh just google chinese born in the year of and then put your year oh Oh my gosh changes everything (laughs) oh yeah yeah see oh Mm -hmm. Oh. google is your friend whoa okay wait are gemini air or water guys yes huh I'm a What's metal man? goat. Oh, man, 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 oh man. man. I am a water rooster. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. One of them. I'm nope, not going to say that joke. One, one of them water cocks. Uh, <laughs> I would have gone with wet cock, but you know, that's also. Uh, you know what that means? Congratulations, Captain. Here's your boat. <laughs> Uh, yes, <laughs> yes. It's called. It's got a. It's got a rooster for the the whatever the thing is called in the front of the ship. I definitely know a about mast. Uh, no, not mast. a mast. No, yes. figurehead. Another yes. figurehead. Figurehead. Yes, those things. <laughs> All of them. Uh, I mean, it could have a rooster for a mast as well. I don't know how well that would work out in the long run. <laughs> Just a single rooster. Uh, yeah. Metal metal goat, I gotta say, you're definitely in. Uh, you're in for either corporate bodyguard. Or you're somewhere yeah. closely related to the boardroom because that's metal. <laughs> I think the if you know I'm like take it. a Gemini that's an air sign and a water rooster, it makes a lot of sense for the male. Gotta say, every, <laughs> it's it's in my destiny. We're here it's to get you together. your yeah. packages. Yeah, exactly. <laughs>
I'm pretty sure that I'm pretty sure that wood ox would be security. Like that just kind of really. I was thinking middle management. <laughs> middle management. Yeah. yeah okay. There's a foundation. I'm just kind of there helping to push push it's everything good. along. <laughs> hey man, it's gotta get going somehow. Uh, gotta get those TPS reports. It's like you keep the show going, man. Think about, think <laughs> yeah. about it. Think I am about the it. Strong foundation. Hell yeah. Which is weird because then uh, if you do the Aquarius thing, I guess you're, uh, I think that's an air sign. Which is weird because you would think that it would be water because it's. I'm sorry. The, the water bearer, but no, it's an air sign, man. Yeah. I've learned so much and too much in, <laughs> in a short what? span of time. <laughs> I, my, my mind is not ready. So, what we can basically surmise is that Wu Jing is definitely a mega corporation that puts huge stock into what your horoscope is. Absolutely. <laughs> I don't know how you run a business like that, but apparently they were able to. Hey, man, it's working. <laughs> for now <laughs> it's working for now uh any final thoughts about losing yeah. no nobody no okay nope okay well i think that we will wrap it up for this evening thank you guys once again for coming on this lore journey where we dug into the inner workings of Jing and what they are connected to thank you for listening this long we super appreciate you and i hope and we will see you guys in the next one. The Tops Company Inc. has sole ownership of the names, logo, artwork, marks, photographs, sound, audio, video, and or any proprietary materials used in connection with the game Shadowrun. The Tops Company Inc. has granted permission to Critical Hits to use such names, logos, artwork, photographs, sound, audio, video, and or any proprietary materials for promotional and informational purposes on its website, but does not endorse and is not affiliated with Critical Hits in any official capacity whatsoever.